Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's the Word with Willette. I'm your host, Willette, and today I have my sis. She's not my covenant DDS sister, but she is my DDS sister. We graduated the same year, and I have Miss Sherry. I don't know if I should say Denise Sherry Blue or Sherry Blue. I only know as Sherry, but I think her government name is Denise. I'm going to let her tell you about herself in a minute, but let's give her a round of applause. Yes So glad to have you on sis I'm telling you I'm going to tell the listeners Like I told you in private um, Because I think these things Need to be spoken out in public I read that bio I said wait a minute This young lady been working Since uh, you retired It really blessed my heart When I just saw You know because The essence of what I've got From your bio Was you give back You know you're giving back And so that was um, big for me Because I'm going to keep it Even more real Uh, A lot of people look at leaders In the church Like they sit here And look down And really kind of Don't get that their hands in and getting involved in I have to say the church that we attend you know you just don't see that and she is the epitome of an example of that so we're gonna get right into it tell us a little bit about yourself well I'm a lover of Jesus Christ Amen. he first loved me and I am his child Amen. as you mentioned I am Sherry Blue also go by Denise Blue I'm originally from Norfolk Virginia and I've been living in Laura Maryland for over 17 years now I'm a mother of three adult children two daughters and one son I'm the grandmother of five I have four boys and one girl Seven years ago I lost my husband to multiple myeloma a disease is called by um, cancer that's built up on the bone marrow and we had only been married two and a half years uh, and I just bought my home before he got sick and transitioned the following year but as you mentioned I'm also a servant leader over several ministries one at the church that we attend I've been over that women's ministry for over 30 13 years now, 11 of those years, I was an assistant director and now I'm a director um, out of those 11 years. Outside of my church, I'm a group leader for an international Bible study organization. And I've been in that group for over four years. Then, as you mentioned in my bio, my sister and I partnered with a nonprofit organization and turned my basement into a transition home where we serve female clients in need of transitioning housing spiritual transformation, and life skills, training them and providing interim housing and skills training so that they can become empowered and independent individuals serving back in the community. And as you mentioned, I am a government retiree and have started my own business, Blues Virtual Administrative Business. So that's who I am and that's what I have been doing. Busy lady, I tell you that. She retired and uh, went right back to work if she wasn't already working. I tell you that, but I mean, that's some good stuff there. Um, I'm not going to digress too much because we are going to have Miss Blue back for another episode. As you all know, this is a domestic 
Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, so I will be having her back on to talk more about uh, her transition homes, her experience with that, and then some of the types of people that actually do come through her services and how they help them getting a little bit more into that, digging a little deeper there. But tonight we're here. I'm kind of bringing a close to the series I was doing on COVID-19. I had to break from it a little bit. I felt I needed to break from it because so many things were going on in our country so strongly and I broke and did our Being Black in 2020 kind of series and a cu- and then coming back to school. I wanted to address a couple of things there as well. So we're kind of bringing a close and there's two more topics that I wanted to speak on and grief was one of them. Finances will be coming up soon, but I wanted to speak on grief. So with dealing with the pandemic and COVID-19, I wanted to give the listeners a word of hope and I thought of you um, and how you did confirm it's been 11 years since your husband passed away. Can you tell us about that? Like how was it dealing with his illness, being his caretaker, dealing with his passing and, and where you are today? Wow. Um, hmm. That was, yeah, that was something. The word of hope that I would give the listeners after the loss of a loved one is this, that God will protect you. Hmm. And he will send a messenger to get the word to you, to give you a word to stand on. And that's what I had to do. When my husband was diagnosed in 2008, like I had mentioned, we had only been married a year. The following year is when he passed. Mm-hmm. And Michael and I both were the caregiver of my father. We had gotten married, brought my father up here. And so we were taking care of him. And then Michael got sick. So I had to be the caregiver of both. Mm. Michael and my father. Now, my father had um, dialysis. He was on dialysis and had kidney failure. And so I was taking him back and forth to dialysis. And then when Michael got sick, Michael ended up in John Hopkins Hospital. So I would go to work, come home, feed my dad, then head on to John Hopkins. And I did that for a month. Mm. It was so taxing. Sure. But to the point that I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I was called to death do us part. So I had to do what I had to do. And that was make sure that my husband lived. Mm-hmm. When I say that God will protect you, when we first, he first went in the hospital, a nurse came to me and I must have had my Bible. I couldn't remember. She said, honey, you might want to read Psalms 91. And I didn't understand that. You know, I'm there for my husband, but she was like, you might want to read Psalms 91. And Psalms 91 is a protection scripture. Mm-hmm. I found out. Mm-hmm. Show enough. <laughs> The scripture starts off where he that dwelleth in the secret place mm, of the most, most high abide under the shadow of the almighty. My God. And I tell you, Willette, um, thank you. Thank you for this invitation because I had to revisit that. Mm-hmm. And God um, has been protecting me ever since. I was in that hospital and that woman gave me that word. My Lord. We had a women's conference that following year, I think it was, one of those years. And the psalmist ended up singing that scripture at a 630 service Mm. that I attended. And that's when it revealed to me that he... He got me under his wings. <laughs> My God. And I just couldn't. I was like, okay, I'm walking on this. I'm standing on this. And it's been 11, 12 years now. And I'm still standing on this because God is yeah. my protector. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to go in and read what the word of God says about a widow. And it says that he's going to be a defender. Mm-hmm and the offense. So I had to pray God's word back to him and say, God, you will be my, you said you are my defender. 
And I do that quite often, mm-hmm. quite often, because especially during this COVID, yes. you know, he has kept me all these years. And I am a firm believer and stand on his word that mm-hmm. it will not return void. That's it. So I, um, to give hope to the listeners, I would say that God is a protector. Mm-hmm. He will protect you. And he will send a messenger to get a word to you for you to stand on during that grieving period. Amen. I stood on that word. I had to stand on that word because grief came, happiness came, then grief came again in my life, then happiness again, and then grief again. Mm. And what I mean by that, after Michael passed, my sister stepped up to the plate and helped me with my dad. Then my dad passed. And then uh, the grandchild was born. The grandchild was born right after Michael passed. I buried Michael the day after my grandbaby was born. Mm. Three years later, my second grandbaby was born. Eight months later, my father passed. My Lord. Little did I know my mom was up here helping me deal with that, and she was sick. And three months later, we found out that she was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Mm. I had a grandbaby in between that, another grand, my third grandbaby, and then six months later, my mom passed. My Lord. So my emotions was all everywhere. That's a lot. And that but sounds like a tight span. Yeah, but standing on that word. Amen. Child, we don't know a question. True. My Lord. Mm, my Lord. How were you able to deal with the grief of losing your husband? I know you talked about the protection piece. So really, I'm really more so talking about here, like, was there kind of like a ritual, if you will, that you kind of got into that? That you needed to try to do every day to kind of keep pushing and moving forward because you had such a impactful schedule, you know, because you still were dealing with your dad and some other things. So, like, do you feel like you were able to fully deal with it at that time because you had so many things on your hand? You know, I was dealing with a lot. I was dealing more with God. Why? Why me? Mm-hmm. Because I was only 46 years old at the time. You mm-hmm. know? And, and he was young. Mike was only 54 years old. I'm like, we just got married. You mm-hmm. know, why me? me so I went in a depression mm. you know um, again my emotions was up and down because Michael was my second marriage mm-hmm. my first marriage was a divorce mm-hmm. so I felt like you know going in a depression I felt like it was God doing something to me because I came out of that marriage I ended up getting divorced which I found out because I wasn't walking with Christ at the time that I was getting my divorce where I, I you know had one foot in the church and one foot out of the church but then moving up here and passing Jenkins, my pastor at the church, you know, sharing the true and living word from mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. about marriage, mm-hmm. you know, then um, I realized I was not supposed to. And so I felt like that was a punishment on with me by taking mm. my from me after two and a half years. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, with having that grandbaby mm-hmm. and my daughter, with it, this being her first grandchild, she and her husband left their house, came, stayed with me for a while because it was her first child. She would come and bring the baby and then put in the baby in the bed with me, you know, so of course he would light up my my life. Shana. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and give me hope and joy. But then eventually they ended up going on back to their home mm-hmm. and you know, leaving me in this house, you know, by myself again. Mm-hmm. And, but there was a radio show that I would listen to every night and it was a Christian counselor mm-hmm. that helped me. I look forward to listening to that radio talk show every night and that helped me along with having the family members mm-hmm. around 
to deal with the grief. Also, our church mm-hmm. has a, a ministry that helps us deal with the grief. And the chaplain of that church was serving in the ministry of DDS with me. Mm. And so she constantly kept me covered. Amen. And constantly call and check on me, text me, you know, just send me a prayer in the middle of the night, in the mm-hmm. middle of the morning. So again, God was protecting me. Amen. Amen. Did you find it difficult to get back acclimated into your new normal? I did take some time away and because those ladies in the ministry, my family, my friends, they made sure that I didn't go into that deep depression. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, they were constantly calling me, checking on me, coming to visit. But then as the assistant director of the ministry, the director husband had gotten sick mm-hmm. and at this time he actually got sick the same month that my father passed mm-hmm. so this was some time ago after he got sick i mean we got, got diagnosed he got really sick right after my mother passed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i had to then get girded up and go and support her mm-hmm. and step into that position so that she can go and take care of him. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just so blessed because by him, because when my mother passed, as sick as he was, mm-hmm. he made her come over so that he could speak life to me. My God. And I was like, you know, I have some steps. She said, Sherry, I can't stop him. He's coming. And I was so glad. My God. I, I sat, as it, sat at his feet while he sat on my table and spoke to me about how proud my mother was mm. and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So to get back into that new norm, I had to say, okay, now I have to step in her place so that she could go and take care of her husband mm-hmm. and do the things that she you know she needed to do so because of that i was kind of god was like okay i gotta push you into this right because there was actually greater work for me to do that i had no idea that <laughs> it was coming all i knew is that what i went through and i had to the support we needed to support her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of pushed me into making sure that we took care of her. And at this time, I was still working. I was still working my government job, but I still knew that we, we needed to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting how, you know, when you were saying that, it just made me think pretty much just what you said. I mean, no one see you as a preparatory thing going on there, you know, with that so that you could help her. And then now she ended up, you know, leaving and then you ended up taking the rank. So it's just, you know, interesting how the whole phase of that, you you know, kind of went and we know nothing's weird with God. You know, he he ordains what's what's going to be and what's going to happen. But just hearing you say that, it just that that just kind of resonated like, wow, you know, it's it really is a purpose for everything, even the, the unfortunate, painful ones. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Did you find yourself going through the different stages of grief and were some of the stages more painful than others to cope with at times? You know, we know these stages can vary at times, but for the most part, the stages are, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Yes, 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 I did. And I still do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it still triggers that come about that cause me to think about Michael. As a matter of fact, I'm in my office here and his mine and his uh wet not wedding picture but our honeymoon picture you know it's it's still here and it's a it's a canvas mm-hmm. you know? mm. so i can come in here and i'm always seeing him so 
Yes, I would say, uh, you know, that it does come and go. But again, as I mentioned, mine was more, why me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, why Mm -hmm. me? And why so young? Because he knew in my heart that in my family, I had seen so many of my dad's side of the family, my mother's side of the family, of the women growing old by themselves because of divorce or widow. Mm-hmm. And I told God, I don't want to grow old by myself, you know. So I kept saying, you know, why, why me, Lord? You know, you know what? That's not what I want. You know, I want to do. I wanted Mike and I to grow together. You know, get involved with couples ministry. We was heading down that road too. We were looking forward going to the couples retreat. Um, you know, just enjoying each other during our retirement when that had came about. You know, he was serving in ministry. I was serving in ministry. We was just looking forward to, you know watching our grandbabies grow old and older and what have you. So I, I did have those, you know, bouts of, um, of depression. And um, I was sitting and asked God, you know, why me? You know, why so young? And um, it, we're like, God knows our heart. Mm-hmm. But he also know where he's taking us. So guess what? He eventually answered mm-hmm. that question. And I had to accept it. And it was almost a year later before I, he answered that question. And I had to say, okay, I, I, that's where you want me to be. Then this is what I had to do. Again, as I mentioned, he had greater things for me to do. Mm-hmm. My Lord, my so Lord. I can't sit in my depression. I have to, you know, shake those things off. But sometimes he sends someone to give me a phone call so I can shake it off to take my mind off of it or someone come visit or someone just send me an encouraging text. Sometimes I just get these texts out of the blues that you're just so beautiful. And I thank you for being the director that you are, the leader that you are. You know, so he, again, he's still protecting me. Amen. Amen. And that, that word is being consistent. So I hope the listeners are hearing that, that word of protection. Yeah. How did you deal with the times? This is kind of rolling from what you were just talking about. How did you deal with the times when you had those moments of sadness, when you thought of your husband and the times you shared together? More so really kind of like, you know, like around holidays, you know, Valentine's, Christmas and things like that. So how were you able to deal with those times? That's exactly when they came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those times mostly came during my holidays. And my family is big on gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughters, both of my daughters married men who love to entertain. Um, so it would be those times that I would often see my daughters and my husbands together, my sister and her husbands, my cousin and their spouses, um, that would spark a moment of sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, but then my children, they're comical and everything. And when we would get together, they would uh, remember when Pops, you know, talking about Michael, and we would just get to laughing and just crying because we had a good time with him. So it's those times that, you know, here come these emotions again. We're down, you know, and but then I'm up again because, you know, they are reminiscing, you know, with me. I remember when just last year, as a matter of fact, my baby girl, we went over my baby girl's house. All of us had gotten together and I wanted to show my daughters. Now she's been married for three years. My oldest has been married for 12 years. So um, I wanted to show her husband a video of when she graduated from college and we gave her a, her a party, a dinner. And I forgot Michael was in that video mm. because he was 
we we set it up where he as her stepfather was walking her from the high school colors and then he walked her to the stage because we was in the gym and then her daddy her biological father came and got her and um the stage that he was on it was set up for the college um, colors that she was going into and so that's what i i showed and totally forgot that he was in it and man the tears started rolling i couldn't explain to my son-in-law you know just trying to tell him what was going on and my daughter because she loved him just as much she loved the bible study and everything he used to do she was pregnant at the time she got up with tears rolling down her eyes and tried to come sit on my lap with her <laughs> pregnancy self and i could we i could not laugh it's like girl no you can't sit on my lap as big as she was at that time because she was so far out mm -hmm. there but we just laughed mm -hmm. so again that moment turned from sadness mm -hmm. to joy mm -hmm. and she's like ma i didn't want you to cry i didn't want to cry so i had to do something mm -hmm. i'm like you're not gonna sit on my lap mm -hmm. but um you know those those are the kind of things that just having family members around to be able to be involved in your life and, and be intentional with letting them be involved. Um, you know, be open to what's going on, you know, with you um, so that they can, you know, feel the empathy and, 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 and uh, be there for you because they hear your heart. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So when talking about those sad days, were there any days that were absolutely just like tough, like I can't do this today? And and if so, what what did that look like? And how were you able to get yourself to a position where you could, you know, for lack of better words, get out of bed and kind of go on with your day? There were times that I would wake up and just not want to. Mm hmm. But because of the role that I played in on my job, I had to be there. Uh, I wasn't one that could do more days of telework at that time because we could telework, but they would only allow me to do one day of telework that I had to push myself out the bed and you know and do those things because sometimes you just don't want to make a decision mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um you can get into that stage of not wanting to make a decision but then i had to look at well if i don't who will you know who who's who's going to be there to to push me we need someone to you know to push us and to support us and to hold us accountable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also had to look at my grandchildren. You know, I want to be healthy and see them grow, mm -hmm. which I am. Mm -hmm. I've seen all of them play the little sports that they were able to play, run cross country. Mm -hmm. And because I um, had to change that mindset and, and not wallow in that depression, you know, and as I mentioned, um, didn't know that God was going to have greater things. All that I mentioned at the beginning that I'm doing, mm -hmm. had I stayed in that depression. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to serve the community the way I've served the community now. Sure enough. Was there ever a time when you had a thought on being open to courtship with someone again? And then what do you say to a listener who feels, you know, it's not possible to find love again after your spouse has passed away? Uh, because I still had it in my heart not to grow old together. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, was just, I was open to courtship. 
However, that didn't happen right away. It took about four or five years before, you know, I was willing to, to, you know, to do that. As I mentioned, going through my periods of deaths, you know, and births and deaths and births and, you know, the role of a director of the ministry. That's where my focus was. My grandbaby, my children, and then the women in the ministry that God entrusted me to direct and, and make sure that everything was in place for the, the other servant leaders to serve the women that were being discipled. I had to, you know, stay focused on that. So I really didn't court right away, uh, which then also gave me time to make sure that if I do this, I have to look at it differently. You know, I have to, I have to look at like, if I'm going to court and get back involved in a relationship, I have to put some things in place. I have to build the relationship just as we do, you know, when we spend time with God, I have to spend time, you know, with this person. So um, I had to get those, I had to get my mindset, you know, in, in doing that. So I would say the same thing to listeners, you know, understand who you are, where you're going, mm-hmm. what assignments you're on, mm-hmm. what goals you're trying to reach, get those so that you can stay focused, you know, and doing that. And, you know, as the word says that he who finds is a good thing, you know, he, not she. Finding for so, wife. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Finds a wife, finds a good thing. Exactly. So if you are serving and God will put a person in a position, you're in the right position, and God finds that man for you, taking my wife, you're serving and doing everything um, for the kingdom. He's doing, he's fixing that man. He's getting that man together, getting that man prepared as well, as well as he's getting you prepared. So I would say be open for courtship, um, you know. Um, but then you do have some women. I just got off a panel with one of the women that she's been a widow for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, I had her on a single panel with me. And mm-hmm. after she became a widow, she didn't think she didn't consider herself as a single. Mm. So, you know, she felt like, no, I'm, I'm a widow. And, you know, that, that's where she should stay. But she had to look at look at this thing. Different lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I had to look at it differently. And so I recall a couple of years ago when I first moved up here at our women's church uh, women's ministry pastor Darlene Bishop you know uh, was at our women's conference she was one of the speakers and she said you have to be like Ruth in the Bible you gotta be moving about and serving you mm, know, I like that for the man to find you mm, I like that you know then uh, by this time you know you gotta make sure that you set yourself up that you got some boundary which means that what type of conversation you're gonna entertain you know be prepared for some push back because some men like you know you don't want to go you you want to put your boundaries up right here they're gonna they're gonna step away it's okay let them step away but set your boundaries set your standards right standards and let God place the man where he's supposed to be if he's coming after you because then he'll respect you so once you set those things down and you know and 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 then he wants to do some unrighteous things then you know there goes the disrespect I believe that I I would say yes you know if it's in your heart but if you're content with being single living your best single life be content Mm -hmm. Amen. serve the community that's all the more time you have to serve 
serve the community. Amen. What has been the most difficult thing you have learned to deal with when your husband passed away? I remember when I was talking to someone and it really was just those life skill kind of things like changing a tire or, or mowing the lawn, you know, those type of things. So what, what do you think has been the most difficult thing you have learned to deal with uh, since the passing of your husband? Decision making. <laughs> you know, we could bounce some things off of each other. Uh, but also, you know, as you mentioned that getting the grass cut, well, getting the car washed, because he would wipe off the car every morning, mm-hmm. taking the trash out, changing the light bulbs, you know, uh, just recently, since I've been in this house now for 13, 14 years, however many years it's been, I've had to replace the water heater. Mm-hmm. I've had to replace my AC unit and just last week I had to replace the sewage septic tank in my basement Mm. but praise God I had a house owner's insurance that um, did some of it it covered some of it it didn't I still had to come out of my pocket but God provided Mm -hmm. you know like I said he's still protecting me he provided everything everything is up and running good but the decision making for years prior to Michael and I getting married I had to make these decisions and and I didn't make sound decisions. Mm-hmm. You know? So when Michael came along, then it, it became two became one. I was like, okay, good. I don't have to make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, to bounce some things off of him. But you know, of course, he made the final decision. But then when I got back, became aware of oh my gracious, I wanna I gotta do this again. Mm-hmm. I understood, you know, hey, seek ye first. I had to go to God first for everything. Mm-hmm. So when those big equipments and this house broke down you know i'm like god you i need you to you know do this mm-hmm. i need you to do it right now mm-hmm. i did my neighbor is a plumber he actually put in my water heater and he knew a uh, ac person he came and put my ac unit in and then when the septic tank failed i went through the homeowner's insurance but it didn't cover but they sent me the person you know and then he was able to do it for a lot cheaper than if i would have gone to like michael's and Sons. sure Sure, sure. Exactly. A lot of rams in the bush. Mm -hmm. A lot of rams in the bush. Yes. And so now I know because he has done all of this for me all these years, it's like, okay, daddy, I want to be able to make wise decisions. Mm -hmm. My prayer is, you know, like like Solomon, just make me wise. Help me make wise decisions. Yes. Yes. That's a constant thing I say daily. Just let me be wise with the decisions that I make because some decisions can have some lasting, impactful, um, leaving some impactful positions in your life and you just have to be careful of some of those decisions that you make would you recommend any uh support groups or books to anyone currently dealing with grief if you could recommend any what would you recommend any support groups or any books sure the um as I mentioned, our church um, has, First Baptist Church of Glen Orton, has the um, Bereavement Healing and Transition Ministry. That and I believe that's open to anyone. Yes. I have to be is. a member. So anyone can attend that. All they have to do is call the church or email the ministry. They can also find the information on our webpage and they can send them the information. Just had a conversation the other night about a lady that went through that and she was like, she's not part of our church, but she, they were able to accepts her to go through the the healing and the bereavement and the grieving and she highly recommends it because she thought talked very highly you know about it um so that's one organization i would um group i would recommend going to there's a book out called hope for the healing heart Mm -hmm. 
the Greg Laurie, after he lost, after he and his wife lost his son, he preached on this, this topic, and it actually ended up becoming a movie. Mm. So they can go to his church, uh, go to his website, Pastor Greg Laurie. He's over the Harvest Ministry. Okay. And they can look that up and get his book. I listened to him on WAVA Radio Christian Station. Okay. I also listened to Hope for the uh, Heart, which I listened to when I when Michael first passed. I was saying that I, I would listen to WAVA at midnight. Mm-hmm. Hope for the Heart, that is Pastor June Hunt. And she has this soothing mm-hmm. voice and just a sound counseling that she was given. She's an author, a speaker, and founder of Hope for the Heart. Um, And it's a worldwide biblical counseling ministry. So that's what helped me get through that grieving period at night, in the midnight hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I looked forward to that time. You know, sometimes I would set my alarm so I can wake back up and listen to it because it did minister to me. And so they can find both of them on the website as well as finding um, the bereavement, First Baptist Church of Glen Arden Bereavement and healing and transition ministry on the website. Okay. So we're wrapping it up here, but uh, in closing, what is an, what uh, is an encouraging word you can give to the people who do feel hopeless and that life is over since their loved one has passed away? Mm, I would encourage the people who feel hopeless. I would encourage you to tell your story. Tell people how you really feel so that they can feel your heart. Then if they feel your hurting heart, they'll be willing to help you so that you can, they can lift you up, you know, help you reach a goal, even if it's just day by day, because sometimes it's just getting me out of the bed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just encouraging me to brush my teeth and put some clothes on and let's just go for a cup of coffee, you know, so tell your story, tell how you're really hurting, get some sound canceling. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that also get some sound counseling again we have counseling at the church at first baptist church of glen Arden. get some sound biblical good counseling um and surround yourself with people who are positive and will help you to set a plan to get up get out of that depression move and set a plan to reach a goal day by day month by month year by year have them push you hold you accountable so that you can be healthy and whole and reach the purpose that god has designed for you as you go out and serve the community amen thank you thank you thank you so much for being with us today um tell the listeners how to find you on social media Again, I'm Sherry Blue. You can find me on Facebook. My Facebook is Denise Blue, which is where we'll at. Was I don't know what they call you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Denise Blue on first Facebook. You can call find me on um, Blue DDS, the number four and life on my Instagram. That is Blue DDS for life. Is it the number four or F O U R? Number four. The mm-hmm. number four. Mm-hmm. Twitter. Of course, is at Nisi. That is N E C E Y D D S O H. As you can tell, I love D D S. Yeah. And or else you can find me on my email address. You can find me at bluesvab at gmail.com. My business email address, blues with an S, V A B at gmail.com. 
Willette, thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your podcast where you are what is it that you're doing? You are... so the, my so my slogan is everyday <laughs> topics with everyday people because everyday I like yeah because I, I like I like trying to highlight the unsung heroes. You know, there are a lot of huge podcasts out here that they're doing great things too. But we have a lot of great people in our community and other places in the world, and I just like to try to highlight them as well. And there are everyday people doing everyday different topics. Thank you again. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.